0: Welcome to Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. We've got a very different book about chakras today that we're going to be dealing with. We're going to be speaking with Glenn Park and her book is Chakra Healing Therapy, Awaken Spiritual Energies and Heal Emotional Wounds. And this woman gets down to the nitty gritty, okay, Um, it's not, you know, oh, the chakras red and the you know seven chakras violet and all of that she explains in great detail what parts of the body organs of the body that the chakras uh, work with or don't work with and how you can build a healing based on the chakras and the more in-depth knowledge of the chakras. So if you think you're a chakra expert, nope. Um, Listen in, take some notes and then then go get this book. This book is a definitely must add to anybody who is very interested in chakra healing. Having this book in your library is going to help you immensely. Now the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through blocks and release inner that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS you've been holding you back, but you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. Now, a bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting-edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I also author two books. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your life to the absolute fullest, to have your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, com, and I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. My guest today, Glenn Park, has taught workshops in the Alexander Technique and Sharpa Therapy for more than 30 years in Europe, the United States, Australia, and Japan. She has also presented at conferences for the Alexander Technique International and the Society of Teachers of the Alexander Technique. She's the author of The Art of Changing and she lives in Haywards, Hell, or Heath, I should say,
1: West Sussex in the UK. Welcome, Glenn. Thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Oh, thank you, you for
1: coming.
0: Here. It's great to have you. You've written an excellent book on the chakras. Folks, she breaks it thank down, you. which you're going to hear it a little bit down to the nitty gritty. Uh, this book is a must have, as I said. A must have for everybody, and I apologize for my dog, but the little was here. A uh, must-have for everyone who is interested in soccer. So What started you on your journey, uh, Glenn? Um,
1: I was visiting California. Um, I, well, I was visiting the states. I worked in the theatre at the time, but I I knew I had to stop doing that because I I really got burnt out, and um, I was planning to train as an Alexander teacher. This is in my early thirties. And I was lucky enough to get an Arts Council grant um, to go and visit the States and look at small women's theatres and small, what we call fringe theatres in the States. And I spent four months there and I ended up in California. And the person I was staying with said, you really must go and have a psychic reading. Well, I'd never heard of such a thing. And This was the dawning of the New Age, and it was a lot further along in California than it was in the UK. But I went along to do this and and met this psychic, and I'm sure, by the way, I introduced myself, she probably thought I was very skeptical. Uh And then we sat down for her to do a reading, and uh, she said, "Um, Well, I wasn't expecting this, she said, when she started to look at my chakras and my aura. Um, she said, I'm looking here and you're extremely psychic, but you don't know this and you're picking up lots of negative energy and you need to learn how to look after your energy system, your psychic system. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's the only thing I can remember about the reading. Um, it, it explained why I was getting so burnt out in my work in the theatre.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I still didn't know if I believed what she was saying or not, but um, I, I came back to England and began training in the Alexander Technique, loving it and have loved it all my, all, you know, ever since I was introduced to it myself. Mm-hmm. And um, and I started to see auras and I started to have experiences that could only be dis- explained by some kind of psychic phenomena. I heard a voice once and so on. So... Um, I thought, good heavens, that uh, Californian psychic knew what she was talking about. I'd better do something. <laughs> yes, I'd better do something about this. And so I went and trained uh-huh. in in the, the UK, in London, and um, that's really where I was introduced to the chakras in my psychic training. Um, it it uh, worked out very well because I had a very understanding director of training in, in the Alexander technique, and he was quite sympathetic to me bringing a bit of the chakras into my work and and he was open to these new ideas that could influence the Alexander technique. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, in a way the two grew together, my psychic development and my Alexander development. Okay. And that, that led me to, to write my first book where I brought the two together mm-hmm. and then 30 years later, I've been writing you a second book.
0: <laughs> yes. hey, you, you know, universe just gives you information when it's ready for it to come out. You know, it could be right. a, yes. a, a three-minute break or a 30-year break. It doesn't matter. Um, now, you've mentioned the Alexander Technique several times. So give us a very brief overview of what the Alexander Technique is and how you have, I don't know, grown, if you will, from... You still use the Alexander technique, but now you're more focused on the chakra healing
2: therapy. Yeah,
1: that's right, yes. Well, um, uh, Frederick Matthias Alexander was an Australian who was also an an actor. He wanted to be an actor, but he found that he was getting these voice problems on stage. I mean, in those days, we're talking about the turn of the 20th century now, Uh, he, he would Go hoarse in you acted in a very sort of strong outward way in those days, and he he would lose his voice on stage and and be gasping for breath and making a right mess of his performance by the sounds of it, so he set about trying to work out what was wrong and um and he he um couldn't get a medical doctor who could help him
2: mm-hmm.
1: nothing they suggested and they, one teacher one medical doctor said uh, rest your voice for two weeks before this performance and you'll be fine. So he barely spoke to anybody for two weeks and then he went into the performance and he made a mess of it again. He'd lost his voice halfway through. So he realized that it, resting wasn't solving it, that it was something he was doing when he spoke on stage that was damaging his voice and he began to study his movements and what he did about how he thought about his movements, what he was thinking about when he was about to start speaking. And the, the main problem he felt he had was that he pulled his head back and tightened all the way down his spine. And so he learned through conscious awareness, through mindfulness in a sense,
2: mm-hmm. to
1: undo this and to move in a way that was incredibly beneficial and healthy, and he lived a very healthy life and never had these problems again. And he then began to teach this system to other people, and that's how Alexander Technique Teaching developed from this, this extraordinary man. Um, it, uh, to be, And Alexander Teacher is part healer and part teacher, because we work with our hands I didn't mention this about Alexander, but he started to teach other people the technique and then got frustrated when they didn't do what he was telling them to do. So he started to go and actually hold their head and neck and stop them pulling it back and found that without he wasn't doing any manipulating, but by just putting a hand on somebody's body, the conscious messages that he had in his mind were being transferred to the student's body and Alexander teachers work like that. So we we put a hand on, and we think the thoughts we think this body needs to be thinking. And at the same time, we teach those thoughts. To we say, think about your neck being really free. Think you know, think about your back widening and lengthening, and so on. So we teach these kind of ideas and show people how they can move just through the simple actions of. of sitting and standing and walking and running and you know it can be very very basic or it can be that you're an olympic athlete and you decide to use this technique to improve your rowing there are olympic rowers who've used the technique there are runners uh, or a musician with a m- musical instrument needing help because they're getting in pain trying to play the violin or whatever mm-hmm. so we work with lots of different people actors usually work with the alexander technique in this country and I think in USA Mm-hmm. Um understanding how to make their bodies work best for them really
0: okay now your art so your book your book the art of Ch- changing has a lot of this basic information in it is that
2: correct yes yes
1: yes okay. and then in the second half i do start to mention the the energy body and the chakras and so on but i then with my new book have gone into a lot more depth about the chakras
0: Yes, so let's jump right to this new book.
2: Okay, <laughs> okay. great. All
0: okay. right,
1: you're talking about,
0: in the book you start off with the energy structure of the chakra system, that it's a system of curves, and it actually starts in in utero. So explain to us the different um, curves, how, what it affects, the secondary, primary, the nerve plexus. Oh,
2: I see, the success of the
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, there, there are seven major chakras in, in the system that most people in the West use for the chakras. And they're all placed at very significant points in the spine. Now, when you have a little baby, uh, an uh, embryo and a fetus in the womb, and, and when that fetus is born, so for the first weeks of life, the, there's only one curve in the spine. There's a, it's a curve that goes from the head round to the tail. Um, well, we all know what a baby looks like when they're lying down. Mm-hmm. But as the baby learns to raise their head, a secondary curve develops in the neck. And when they learn to sit up, a secondary curve develops in the lumbar spine. And that's how we get a spine that's got these primary curves of the outer spine, and then the secondary curves of the neck and the lumbar spine. And the chakras, interestingly, are all placed at places where the spine changes direction. Now, the Sanskrit word for a chakra is, it means a wheel or a a disc or a rotating object. And clairvoyants who see the chakras, that's what they see. They say these kind of revolving lights in in Uh the centers where the chakras are. Um, So it's almost as though you've got this little wheel in the spine at these chakra points, encouraging the spine to change direction in the right places. So the first chakra is at the very tip of the coccyx, at the very base of the spine. Uh The sacral chakra, the next one is at the point where the primary curve of the sacrum turns into the secondary curve of the lumbar spine. And then the solar plexus chakra, the next one, is where the secondary curve of the lumbar spine turns into the primary curve of the thoracic spine, in the upper back. Mm-hmm. And then the next chakra is the heart chakra, which is at the point at which that thoracic curve turns back on itself to go towards the neck. And then the next chakra, the throat chakra, is at the point where you get to the top of the thoracic spine and you get the curve of the neck the cervical spine and the the sixth chakra is at the very top of the spine at the atlanto-occipital joint where the spine meets the head Mm -hmm. and the final chakra the crown chakra is not located in the spine which is quite interesting because it's it's the chakra that unifies everything it's no longer in, in a in a solid physical part of the body it's in a much softer tissue um so th- that's where all the chakras are placed. Mm, okay. So um talk to us
0: about um how the nerve plexus kind of intertwine with all, with all of that.
1: Um, no, I um I see what you mean. Yeah. The um the the nerve plexuses a there are nerve plexuses linked to each of the chakras. So, you have a nerve plexus plexus that's called the coccygeal plexus, which is linked to the coccyx, and Mm -hmm. that's linked to the base chakra. And then I'm going to forget the names of these plexuses because I don't often work with them. Well, well,
0: just give us an overview. You don't have to go detailed. We want people to get the book and learn. Okay,
1: so there's another one for the sacral chakra there's the solar plexus that's well that's well named because that's with the solar plexus chakra it's called solar plexus because that plexus shines out like rays of the sun it's quite interesting that we then it, it, it it's linked to the color yellow in the chakra system and it's called the it's called the sun plexus mm-hmm. and then the um um the heart chakra there's a plexus in in, in the the pulmonary and cardiac plexus in the heart center, another one in the throat chakra, another in the eye chakra, and another, well, not another, there isn't one again in the crown. The crown is is in a very different uh, category in a way in terms of the chakras, because if the crown chakra um, becomes realized, you you Mm -hmm. are enlightened, you experience enlightened consciousness, which most of us have not achieved. Yeah.
0: Now, do you, we do we keep reincarnating until we get there, or no?
1: Well, I think that's um, that's an opinion, but I, that would be certainly my opinion. Yes, I would say mm-hmm. that that's what we're doing. The the um, in the Hindu tradition, we have this goddess Shakti, who mm-hmm. for each birth she comes down through the spine. She she what she in one of the scriptures it says. I let a zillionth part of my, a billionth she says, but nowadays we need to say zillionth, part of myself move down and through the spine and she then curls up like a snake in the base chakra and and she's called Kundalini Shakti at this this point. Mm -hmm. And that is the life force energy of a human being. That's what keeps us alive throughout our lifetimes and at death it moves out again. But the, the aim of Kundalini Shakti, is to reunite with her lover, her consort, Lord Shiva, who, who, uh, they're both manifestations of Brahman. Um, Lord Shiva is formless, unchanging energy of the universe, and Shakti is the manifesting creative energy of the universe. Mm -hmm. And she longs to be back with Shiva, so she longs to get up to the crown chakra and be reunited, and and that is the experience of non-dual consciousness where formless energy and all the manifestation energy are one, they are united. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, that's what the purpose, the spiritual purpose of being a human being would be to achieve that in a lifetime. So when you die, you usually haven't achieved it and you come back and have another go. Yeah. Is that, so, question, is that the answer to your question?
0: Yeah, it does actually. I just before we um, started the recording today, I got a um, call from a classmate. Um, former classmate to tell me that his dad had passed away and his dad was the music teacher at our high school and uh-huh. he believed what you're saying he believed in fact he was 95 when he passed and he just passed yesterday and he was angry at himself because he didn't live to be like 150 that was his plan and you know whatever it was, oh, just, it was yeah. just quite interesting to see um, the parallels between um, him and you know, I don't know if he was working with his kundalini or what, but um, it's interesting to see how people can handle,
1: yeah. yeah
2: to
0: see the use the energy and not necessarily have the same term for it. Now, talk to us a bit about um, well, before we talk about kundalini, because that's where I was going to go. Talk to us about the uh, ida nadi and the Pigala natty and how that affects our body.
1: Yes, thanks. Yes, I'd like to talk about that because not many books on the chakra mention them in any depth.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the, um, the nadis, the, again, the, the Sanskrit word nadi we, we call them channels of energy, but actually the Sanskrit word is, is, is about the movement. It's about a stream of flowing energy. So you think of it as flowing energy that's flowing through our bodies. And we have hundreds of these nadis, according to the hindu tradition but in order to simplify that they are translated as a, as a right hand side of the body system and a left hand side of the body so you've got a central nadi which is sushumna which is the the nadi that the kundalini rises back up to the crown chakra through and then you have what's traditionally called the masculine pingala nadi and it 's uh, I call it the nadi. it 's about our individual autonomous self, mm-hmm. and then on the left side of the body, you have the Eda channel, the traditionally feminine i 'm saying traditionally because it 's not true anymore for us for many of us, mm-hmm. but we all have both sides in our and in ourselves um so, this is the lunar nadi, which is our relational communicating connecting reflecting nadi, and we need these two sides of ourselves to be in balance, and that's often quite a challenge um, so that's, yeah. yeah that could
0: that could be quite a challenge now, in the book you talk about um the
1: solar and the
0: lunar. Um, not a being parallel to the tree of life in the Kabbalah tradition. How yes. are they par- how are they parallel?
1: Well the the tree of life has a, a masculine and a feminine channel and which represent the similar the autonomous self and the relational self in a very similar way. And it has then it has the central column. They call them columns in the Kabbalah system. Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, um, I mean, to give some examples of, of um, how the Nadi, i don't know if what you're aware of—transaction analysis, and how they talk about um, in childhood, you get two uh, imbalances. One is the rebellious child, and one is the over-adapted child. So you get the the difficult, you know child that's just going to want whatever it wants, this is for a very young child, and uh-huh. then the child that's bitterly pleasing the parents all the time and being terribly good. Those are two, Im- two imbalances, which you would say the rebellious child would be imbalanced on the solar channel and the over-adapted child would be imbalanced on the relational, on the relational channel. So as I work through the chakras, I, I show how these imbalances manifest at different levels. Um, i mean in the, in the heart chakra you have to balance your lunar tendency to to for compassion for uh-huh. care and loving all creatures to your um, solar capacity for equanimity where you recognize that life is full of good and bad things for people that's their experience of life and it's part of an equanimity of flow of equanimity that you can accept so it's You can imagine that's quite hard to balance, isn't it? Uh Equanimity with compassion. And a lot of people spill over one way or the other. Even in the heart chakra, we don't totally come into balance, but we're usually more imbalanced there than anywhere else. And then with the throat chakra, you need to balance your need to express yourself, which is solar, with your need to listen. Uh And hear clearly what other people are saying. And also hear clearly what your inner self is saying. So speaking and listening and so on, so you get these in, these things in the in the nadis that express these two different sides of being a human being.
0: Okay, so in the nadis, the in, the energy is flowing horizontally. Is that correct? N- the, no,
1: it, like I said, it's a, it, no, it's like a a channel that flows up alongside of the central sushumna channel, but it does mm-hmm. link into all the chakras. Because it's a system of channels. It's not just one single channel. It represents a system of channels all through the body. Some acupuncturists would say that all these acupuncture meridians would be part of these systems of channels. Okay, got it. Thank you.
0: Folks, we're speaking with Glenn Park. Her book is Shaka Healing Therapy, Awaken Spiritual Energies and Heal Emotional Wounds. You can check her out at her website, and that is glenn. G-L-E-N-P-A-R-K dot U-K. Okay, Glenn, so let's talk about kundalini, okay? Um, Okay. uh, A lot of people come to me after they've played with it and um, didn't do it right. (laughs) They're all out of sorts. They think they're demonically possessed. They're not. They just uh, didn't know what they were doing with their kundalini. So talk to us about that.
1: Well, in the book, I do say quite clearly that the chakra healing therapy work that I do is focusing on prana, pranic energy, which is a more, a a less subtle energy. Kundalini energy is the most refined spiritual energy in the the body. Um, And it gives rise to this more um, general pranic energy that would, you know, you call it chi, it's got lots of different names in different Mm -hmm. cultures. Um, and what, what we try to do with chakra healing therapy is create a balance in our pranic energy.
2: Uh-huh. The
1: Kundalini energy just moves up through the Susumna channel, and on its journey from the base chakra to the crown chakra, it cleanses and clears away all the rubbish that's left around in the chakra system and in the Nadi system. And this can be pretty awful to experience. So uh, some people have wonderful kundalini experiences. Some people have very shocking experiences because old woundedness memories come very, very painfully to the surface and so on. So I don't attempt to work with kundalini. In either, I, I do say this in the book, but I, in my work as a chakra healing therapist, I try to get the body into to balance at a pranic level so that should kundalini arise it will arise in a positive balanced easy way and there are specialists um i mean one of the people who've endorsed my book bonnie uh, greenwell she is a specialist therapist in kundalini and and she um would has given accounts of the different ways in which you can experience it so It has to be worked with very carefully, and I think that's why um, spiritual teachers say you need to have a spiritual teacher to work with kundalini. You need Mm -hmm. to have guidance, or else you can have a very terrifying experience. So it can be wonderful, it can be terrifying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does that Um, that help? Does that explain? what? what Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Just
0: fine. (laughs) Just fine. Actually, I want to switch gears and talk about another k word that you mentioned in your book, and that's karma, karma and the chakras um you say in the book that um we can't use karma as an explanation for any bad event in our lives now a lot of people think that karma you know if something bad happens, it's my karma okay um so how do we interpret karma, and then you also say that the sacral chakra holds the karma we incarnate with, so talk to us about karma in the chakras and karma um, in the sacral chakra and incarnation because a lot of people say well i'm really a good person, all these bad things keep happening to me. Could that be a past life bleeding into this one
1: Well, it could I think that the most important thing about karma is to is to accept that we don't know whether this is good karma or bad karma in a sense we're not we we can have a sense if something happens that it it, we can you know working with our psychic sense we can have a sense that this is coming from a past life or this is some sort of karmic input but what what we can't do is say that every bad event is coming from bad karma we may have chosen a life in which we would go through some big challenges. The the person that I can think of who did that more than anyone else in the whole of humanity is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He he chose to come and give all this extraordinary love to the human race and in the process to be crucified. Uh, That's not his bad karma, (laughs) I don't think. So, so, I mean, so he's a good example of to stop us thinking that we can judge people. Oh, well, they're having a... If, you, if, you, if you're imbalanced on, on being too much on the equanimity side of the heart chakra, for example, you, whenever something horrible happens to somebody, you can say, oh, well, that's just their karma. You know, why, you know that's their problem. Uh, that's not very compassionate. So I think we have to learn to have a respect for the fact that we... Karma, karma what the definition of karma is, that it's... It's a, the it's a memory, it's, it's the collection of all our past deeds and thoughts and um, things that we've made other people do too if we were in a position of power. And they're, they're all in this pot of karma that will then come back to visit us. Now that's very likely true, but we're not in a position to say what in our lives came out of that pot and what didn't. We can have hunches. And we certainly can't judge other people. You know, if somebody has, is having a really difficult life, it would be very bad karma for us to just judge it and have no sympathy for that person. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a very delicate question, karma, I would say.
0: Um, yeah, because every time, you know, the the majority of people think that anytime something goes wrong, it's bad karma, or you see somebody on TV, a public official does something horrendous, and you're like, "Uh oh, karma's going to come get them, you know, and it Mm, it just, you know, I mean,
1: no, it's a, it's a complex and subtle um, concept that we need to treat with great respect.
0: Mm, okay. Um, as I said, folks, her book has a lot of information that's going to challenge your thinking and open your mind. And I am very grateful for that. Um, Glenn, talk to us about um, the physical level effect on the chakras and the psychological effect on the chakras. First, okay. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, one of the things I do in the book is, is look at, um, at some of the Western science that has been developed in the last hundred years about, about our bodies. Um, so, for example, so um, the sacral chakra is, governs the, the lower abdomen, and so it, it's, it's in the area of the intestines. Well, we now know that there's millions of nerve cells in this area of the body. The researchers call it the the and oh, well, I call it the gut brain. I was trying to think of the long word, but I can't Mm -hmm. now. It's the gut brain, and Mm -hmm. it produces 95% of the serotonin, which is the feel-good hormone. Uh, that we we and that links completely with the fact that it's the it 's the pleasure center the second chakra it 's uh-huh. our inner child, so the psychological aspect of that chakra is is that we all have it, it develops during it develops and gets programmed during our childhood so it's it's the stage of development of childhood and it 's the period of our life when we are looking for pleasure we're looking for happiness through our relationship through our senses, our, how our senses sense the world, how, our, how we have relationships with our family, and then later how we have relationships when we go to nursery and, and make friends and so on. So we, have it, we all have this inner child that we grew, for better or worse, in our childhood, and, mm-hmm. and has a, it has a certain consciousness that we take through our lives with us, and, and there might be wounds there that, we, that can be healed, But um, this links to the physical level where it's the part of the body that produces most of our feel-good hormones. So that's an example of the physical level matching. Another good example like that is with the heart chakra. That's now been reclassified as an endocrine gland. It one of the main hormones it produces is oxytocin, which is the love hormone. It's the hormone we call the love or the bonding hormone. And, and it, it, so it fits perfectly with the heart as the chakra of um, love and compassion and kindness and connection with, with all, with everything, feeling a part of the whole. Um, and the, also it's, it's got a, thousands of neural cells just like the brain with axons and dendritic connections. It's like a small brain about the size of a cat's brain Mm-hmm. and the work that the heart does is to bring all different areas of the body functions and organs working together into harmony that's that's it's what it ha- and it has this constant conversation with the head brain i think sending more information to it than it receives from it actually so mm-hmm. so it's a very important little brain in our heart and another brain in our guts um and it fits again with the with the psychological level of that chakra. So, I try to show how these these levels are linked: the physical and the psychological. The okay. um, yeah, the, I was going to go to the eye chakra there, which is uh-huh. um, our um, chakra that's about wisdom and our view of life and and our our deeper understanding. Not and and it's you know, It's centered right in the left-right brains where we have this very solar left-focused thinking brain and this right brain more broad um, aspect thinking, thinking out-of-the-box sort of thinking. And, and mm-hmm. so all these different areas of, of our physical body link to the consciousness areas of the body.
0: Okay. Um, you suggest that there are very different levels within each chakra. Talk to us about that.
1: Um, yes, the, the, I, I go through the... When I, there's, there's a chapter on each chakra, and mm-hmm. in each chakra I, I have a section on the physical level where I look at all the physical information we have in Western science about that chakra and then look at the psychological level how, that sh- how we can understand that chakra, bringing together the Hindu explanations and the Western explanations, because the chakras were, were developed at the turn of the uh, 20th century by people like Rudolf Steiner and Carl Jung and mm-hmm. the theosophists and so on. So th- there's been a lot of Western conversation about the chakras that is is our version of this esoteric tradition. Um, and then beyond from the psychological we move to the psychic level of the chakras because um, the chakras all have an energetic psychic level to them which is like a deeper level of the psychological level Mm -hmm. and then they all have a spiritual level to them which is accessed once the heart chakra opens at that spiritual level the heart chakra is like a gateway into our spiritual level of, of operation Mm-hmm.
0: well you know i found I found it very interesting on the psychic qualities of each chakra. um You actually have a chart in your book, and that chart yes. talks about the the chakra, the associated color with it, and the psychic level, and that every chakra, at least the first seven plus the hands and the feet, have an influence on psychic ability
1: yes, yes, so our base chakra is is our grounding um and keeping us connected to the earth and keeping us functioning um, and giving the whole chakra system energy. Through the feet as well, we have receiving chakras at the feet and we also have chakras at the center of our hands, which is where we both receive and give out energy. So this is what healers work with when they're working with their hands. Uh, but the base chakra is receiving energy and then this, the sacral chakra, the inner child, that the psychic level of that, Is clairsentience where we can feel someone else's feelings Um, then the third chakra is where we move energy around our body that the third chakra sort of controls our inner psychic system so if we're feeling really miserable about something and we've got a sensible solar plexus chakra, it might sort of say, right, we'll go out for a walk. That'll make you feel better. So it'll shift you into another area, or, or it'll say, we'll, we'll go and watch a funny program on the television, uh, which mm-hmm. would shift you up into your eye chakra or something. So it might, or it might decide to do some therapeutic work, so that would be bringing the heart chakra into it. So, so the solar plexus chakra is our organizer of the energy, um, the heart chakra is our healing energy, and our and the capacity to completely lose boundaries at a psychic level.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and the um, then the th- throat chakra is where we hear messages. This is our clairaudience, and the eye chakra is where we see visual messages, and that's our clairvoyance. And then the final, the, the crown chakra, is knowing, where you, you, you just know, and it's not come through a visual or an auditory message or a sensual message. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, contrast that to the spiritual
1: um, levels. Right. Well, the spiritual level is what how we change when, um, when the heart chakra is engaged. And so... It's not different at the base chakra. We're still receiving energy from the earth. That's its work. It's this very wonderful inner animal that keeps us alive at all levels. Um, The sacral chakra is is the chakra that holds our karmic patterns until they're released. Our solar plexus becomes servant of spirit. So the solar plexus chakra becomes the part of us that, that... does say, right, I'm, I'm going to do the work that I'm meant to be doing. Now, it might not be the chakra that works out what that is, but it's the chakra that, when when it writes the jobs list in the morning, says, right, today I'm going to meditate for an hour, and or whatever it is that it thinks you need to do for your spiritual development. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when it's not at the spiritual level, it's very much the, the stronghold of the ego. It's the, it's the part of us that's looking after the self for better or for worse, depending on how well it's programmed, how strong our inner critic is, or, uh, you know, depending on things like that. But it's, but it's not interested in the ego once it becomes spiritual. It wants to do what's right for spirit rather than what's right for this person. Okay. And then um, the heart chakra. Sorry, yeah. No, go ahead. Please, go ahead. All right. The heart chakras our our witness it's our witness energy um where we see we see ourselves first first of all with with loving acceptance of our wounds and our gifts so we're able to accept and be grateful for our inner animal our inner child and our inner young adult of the three lower chakras and and allow them to um feel accepted and loved and with that acceptance and love, wounds begin to heal. They begin to melt and they begin mm-hmm. to change. Um, so the heart chakra is very important, but it's also very important because it's the gateway to the spiritual realm for the whole chakra system. And, and so the, the throat chakra is where we we find our calling. I mean, it's, it's, so it's not... It's the chakra of self-expression and communication at a psychological level, but at a spiritual level, it's it's where we feel called. We're hearing our inner voice say, "This is what you're meant to be doing." This is this is what t- I, I I said to myself for years before I wrote this book. I've got to write this book before I die. It was <laughs> it was like, like that 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 was my job. I had to do that job, and. Um, yeah, so it's it's finding that and and it's also finding the true self, the self that hasn't had to adapt to fit into a difficult family or a difficult job or whatever it is. It's it's where you get let go of all those wounded parts of yourself and find your true self. And then you your eye chakra is your inspirational thinking. And it can also be Ringing, that inspirational thinking is coming down through the crown chakra it's not just the thinking that we get from experience it's not well you know I work, my life's been difficult therefore the world's a difficult place you get the inspiration of i can make something really beautiful happen in this world and this is how i can contribute to that so there's a very different way of seeing the world as the spiritual level opens Mm -hmm. And the crown chakra is receiving that spiritual energy. It's feeding us all the time with that spiritual energy. It's just that as the heart opens, the the flow gets stronger and the flow gets more conscious. But we are spiritual beings and we're receiving that spiritual energy from the heavens, from the earth. and, And we're like a prism suspended between these two realms.
0: Okay, thank you for
1: sharing. Now, in
0: your book, you have many success stories, healing stories. Share with us one of your healing stories, so someone can have an idea of how this energy can work.
1: Right. Okay. I wonder which one to pick. I Whatever know, one I'll you want. My, my fl- flamenco dancer. Okay. Do, do do you remember that one?
0: Um, not off the top of my head, but go for it.
1: Okay. Well, it was a young man who came to see me because he was a very enthusiastic, he was enthusiastic, he was a, um, a, an English man, um, but he was very attracted to learning to be a flamenco dancer and he'd been teaching, uh, um, studying flamenco dancing. He had a teacher that he went to every week and he practiced every evening after work in this uh, studio that he had access to and he was finding that he couldn't sleep and that he was getting backache. Uh And so he came to me for Alexander lessons, essentially, to see if he could get rid of his backache and if I could somehow help with his sleep problems. Well, I've got to ask people to imagine what flamenco dancers look like because very often if you see them, they've got their chest stuck out and they've got their back very narrowed at the back. I mm-hmm. don't know if you've got that image, I, I didn't think I was going to need the image for this, I might have chosen a different one. But anyway, they've got this, um, this very proud, it's a very proud, strong posture they take.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what this young man was doing was getting very tight in his lower back and cu- energetically cutting his legs off from the rest of his body because it was so tight in that centre of his lower back. And that was giving him backache and stopping the energy flowing in a nice, easy way that affected his sleep then, because all the energy was in the top part of his body, um, not flowing through in a good way. And that you know what it's like when you're too much in your head. Uh-huh. Sleep is difficult. So uh-huh. that, was, that was what was happening to him. So we worked at that level, and we, we actually looked at flamenco dancers who didn't do this tightening and who were still wonderful, and he learned how to dance in a way that didn't tighten his back like that. But he said, I'm still not happy with the quality of my dancing. It's still not. I'm still not getting what I want from my dancing. I've sorted out my back problems. I'm sleeping better. But can you help me with that? And I said, well, we need to look at the chakras for uh-huh. that. And the chakra that's um, particularly affected with the, this, with you with this is is the solar plexus chakra. Now, our solar plexus chakra is is the stage of life it links to is just after puberty, young adulthood, um, going up to 30s, early, you know, that sort of age, Mm -hmm. late 20s, that's the period when people are trying to establish themselves as an adult. And we have two... um, personalities inside our solar plexus chakra I like to say we have an inner champion and an inner critic and it's very good to discover what your inner champion and your inner critic are like and who's in charge of that solar plexus chakra because Mm -hmm. what this young man found was that he had a very self-destructive inner critic and if you think of flamenco dancing they look so proud they look so pleased with themselves um, they don't look as though they've got strong inner critics. They look as though they've got strong inner champions. Mm-hmm. And um, and and so we worked at a psychological level then to stop his inner critic being so fierce and to um, nourish his inner champion and get the two to talk to each other so that you ended up with a strong inner champion and a critical friend who could give you a criticism in a gentle way not in a heavy duty, self-destructive way. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as a result of that, his dancing just went on by, you know, leaps and bounds literally with flamenco dancing. Um, and, and at the end of this process of coming to see me, he said, I started flamenco dancing because I wanted to feel that confidence that flamenco dancers demonstrate. And and I finally got there, but by a very roundabout route. It, it, so we were working on building his confidence, mm-hmm. and in the, as a result, he became a much better flamenco dancer. So that was that case study.
0: Oh, that's a wonderful story, and uh, it's a
1: lovely story. Yes, he's yeah. a he's a lovely,
0: yeah. I wonder how people grow. Well, Glenn, our time is almost up. I do appreciate you being on today. What pearl Thank of wisdom you. would you like to leave with our audience today? I'm sorry? What, what pearl what of question? wisdom? What pearl of wisdom would you like to leave with our audience
1: oh, today? Oh, oh goodness. can I, I can I I don't know if I have time. I was going to tell another story about um, the heart chakra but I don't know well, if Well we have a couple of the,
2: minutes. Go ahead
1: yes well i uh, it 's in the book again but it, but one of my most wonderful heart chakra stories was going for a walk with a friend along the um, the cliffs of dover, and the the cliffs go down to the sea, but where we were walking, there was another cliff that went up to agricultural land um, several meters up from us, so we were in the middle of this cliff, walking on a nice walk between them, and all these kestrels were, were hunting at the top of the cliff, but as we walked along, we saw a kestrel that was only halfway up on the perch, and it kept flopping down to our level, and then flopping back to its perch, and we thought, this kestrel's not well, it's not got the strength to get up to the top of the cliff and, and hunt with all the other kestrels.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know what a kestrel is, don't you? It's a hunting a hawk, a hawk
2: Okay, that
1: we that we have in this country, in case you don't have them in the USA. It's a a small hawk. Uh And uh, so we decided we were going to send love from our heart chakras, love and healing, to this kestrel. And we sent out, the two of us, love and healing, to this kestrel. As a result of which, after about a few minutes, the kestrel took off and went up to the top of the cliff. And we felt very pleased with ourselves. Walked away, and then my friend turned around and said, Glenn, turn round. And I, uh, it slowly, and I did turn around slowly. And there on the path behind us was this kestrel, just oh, a wow. few metres away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was sitting on our path. It was just wonderful. And we said, I think it needs some more energy. So we sent it lots more love and healing. Uh-huh. And then off it went and, and, and followed us on our walk all the way along this cliff. Oh, wow. It was just lovely. and so the heart chakra opens you the love and healing that it it, 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 as much as you give out comes back to you and that kestrel came and gave us as much love and healing back as we gave to it and that's the joy of the heart chakra
0: oh what a beautiful story so you know people is important you know your chakras are Mm. important um glenn presents a very different way working with your chakras within the familiar way that you are used to, you delve deeper. So if you want a deeper dive and we've got time now during COVID to really work on ourselves, okay, so that by the time this is over, we can come out and be our very best selves that we could possibly be. So if you're interested in being your very best self, please consider buying the book, uh, Chakra Healing Therapy by Glenn Park, because it will be a game changer for you. So Glenn, thank you for being with us. Um, The audience, I do thank you, and I do appreciate everybody's time and attention. And I want you all to remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of
2: Chakra Healing Therapy. Abundant blessings, light and love to all. Agape.